Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never, ever about food or weight. Never, ever. Not even. One time. Not ever. Ever, ever. Hello, everyone. This is Lorely Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast. And today, the body love card that we're talking about is one of my favorites. It's the spiral. And the image on the front of the card is the goddesses standing in a spiral, sort of holding on to the spiral, if you will, and going through her little spiral dance. And so is the deer, her power animals going into the spiral as well. And the spiral is such a good way to talk about recovery because the recovery process is not linear, but rather like a spiral. What a concept. I thought I start recovery and then I get recovered and then I'm perfect. And you know, that did not happen. So as we begin our journey of recovery around the spiral, we will meet many layers of life experiences that trigger disordered eating and body hatred behaviors. Even though we are once again doing these behaviors, we are not at the same starting point in the spiral. As we take each experience and use it as a building block in our healing, we move ourselves along the spiral. When we are consciously working on our recovery, every experience teaches us, giving us more strength and wisdom. Eventually, we develop more effective coping tools to deal with these life experiences, and the disordered eating and body hatred behaviors are no longer necessary. So I love this last line, you know, because I definitely felt for my own self, and I also really see it in my clients of they really believe that disordered eating and body hatred is necessary just to get through the day, that there's no way they can navigate this world without those two tools and coping mechanisms. And I definitely was very attached to mine. So when I was able to let some of them go and then I would go around the spiral and stress would happen. I would have a really bad day at work and I fell back into, say, a night of eating disorder. I just thought, oh, all is lost. But it wasn't. I learned how to work myself out of it. I learned how to get back on the spiral. And I learned the next time I had a bad day, wanted to do a disorder behavior, if you will, I would go, wait, I got through that last time that this happened and I can get through it this time. I can be on my own side. I can get my own back. I can do this for myself and I have resources. I can reach out. I can get support. I can get people around me who love me and are willing to take on my stuff with me and together we'll get through it. So I do know that the spiral image was so helpful for me, and we use it a lot at Beyond Hunger, and I use it a lot in my work with people. 
So I am so greatly pleased that we have Tessa Gordon with us today. She has a great, is this your website, embodyandhope.com? Yes, actually, if you go to it, it's been taken down because it's being reworked. So I have a temporary one up right now in its place, tessagordontherapy.com. But Embodying Hope will be hopefully in a couple more weeks. And my Instagram handle is embodyinghope.com. So and I love, (laughs) yes, embodying and hope is so, it's a beautiful idea. You know, that we live in hope. Our bodies are in hope. We hope we get another breath. You know, (laughs) we hope we get another day. Yeah. And I feel like for me in my recovery, there was a long period of time in the journey of it where I wasn't able to like hold hope, experience hope. And the the staff, one of the, the therapists for me, I think she was able to, she'd always say like, you might not have it, but let me hold the hope for you. And that's something that I, that's also part of what came into the naming of my practice and was the idea of if you can't right now, I'll hold the hope. So if I can embody hope and you're until you're able to move into the embodiment of hope for yourself and both those ideas coming together. Well, yes. And that is such an important part. It's sort of like, you know, in AA, they say, fake it till you make it that just pretend that you're sober <laughs> and then you will become sober and keep doing the work about it, obviously. But that's what we're doing. We're saying, I have an eating disorder. I have body hatred and I'm going to attempt to give that up. And as soon as you say that, you step on the path. As soon as you say that, you step on the path. So how are you working with this whole idea of a spiral in the recovery process and in your life, really? Yeah. So I'm in private practice. And before that, I was working in a treatment facility. But why I really chose this card, why this resonated with me, I think was really, it hit my gut initially. I read it and I just felt like the goosebumps come up on my arms because it was such a lived experience just from my own recovery journey, which spiral feels like a nice word for can we have spiral with like bumps and along the way and cliffs and valleys because I remember one of my very first you know meetings with a like in a treatment like when your family comes in like a family night and I'm trying to talk about this you know the idea that like you know remember it takes a long time and it's not linear it doesn't go like a, a straight line and you hear that and it makes sense and your parents understand from a very like academic. Yeah. Looking over. <laughs> yeah. Looking over. So even hearing this, like we get it. It's not a straight line. We know there's ups and downs. And then you actually start to live the ups and downs and then not linear. And it feels different. It feels different for you living through it as the person fighting for recovery. And it feels different for the family members and the loved ones who are supporting you who are saying, I get it. I know they told us it wasn't linear. And also what is happening? Why are they going backwards? And now as a clinician on the other side, I'm going, it's not backwards. I hear you. I know it feels like backwards. It feels like snakes and ladders or shoots and ladders, right? Yes. (laughs) Snakes and ladders too. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Yeah. The snakes are going to get you. Mm -hmm. But with with the spiral and like, like snakes and ladders, you never actually get kicked off the board game. Right? Right. You're still in it. You still have another role unless you choose to stop rolling that die, unless you choose to actually like somehow get off the spiral, you're still there. I used to use the analogy of like playing leapfrog. It might feel like you're moving forward and back, but what I liked about the spiral is the idea of, you know, 
every time you come around, yes, something might feel familiar. It might feel like you're taking back these behaviors, but you can't unring the bell of the knowledge and awareness from the last time you're there. That's right. And so maybe it feels backwards, but that leapfrog idea of like, there's parts of you that have been here before, but there's this awareness and knowledge you've gained as well. And so the visual representation of that, like representing it in a spiral of this way of like, not just a spiral that's like two-dimensional, but a spiral that's three-dimensional, that's building up towards something, right? We're not spiraling down into like a hole or spiraling up, building up. Right. It's sort of like money in the bank. You've made a deposit with your life and you learned from it and then you're going to go around the spiral and you know what? Stuff is always going to happen. There's always going to be a breakup. There's a death. There's a change. There's a, I don't like this at all. There's a friggin' worldwide pandemic. pandemic. Who saw that coming? That wasn't on my bingo card, you know? <laughs> I had no idea. And that we would still be struggling with it when, I know for me, last year, as soon as I heard about the vaccines, then that was going to be that. We were not going to have this anymore. And that has proven not to be true. So, exactly. <laughs> you know, it just, once again, we see we're not in charge. And we're We're just all going around the spiral. Yeah. And so I will have clients who will feel like they're, you know, they'll say like they've made progress and they feel like they're they're really good. And then they will, they'll come to me and go, oh, I relapsed. And I go, I don't like that word. I don't use that word. I don't believe in it. I'm not sure. Maybe I don't believe in it as a big word, but I, I rarely use it. And I go, let's not use that yet. We can talk at one point if you want to explore what our shared meaning of that word is. But right now, let's toss it out the window. Did we take back some behaviors? Maybe you want to use the word lapse, but let's not even put a word on it. These Some behaviors have come back. Okay, there's a little bit of a surge. Okay, does that mean you're back where you started? What has you thinking that? And then we start to explore that idea. And I think that's helpful because that feeling of quote-unquote relapse, does that bring in increased motivation? Does it have you feeling good? Like what else comes with that? What I'm seeing shows up is feelings of shame, feelings of hopelessness, a louder eating disorder voice that's making them feel like they're not worth this. What's the point? I've let people down. Maybe I shouldn't tell anyone. All the things that aren't going to help you continue on that journey, make them less inclined to pick up the dice and keep playing, keep walking on that spiral. That's not helpful. So introducing that idea of that, okay, but you know, let's look at what was different about this time when you took back those behaviors. Let's put those behaviors in a context. What else do you know about yourself? Let's pull out journal entries that you've done this time and last time. How about you teach me about why the behavior showed up and having them engage in this and be able to reflect on themselves before versus this time. That's how they're able to notice. Oh, okay. So you're right. Like I'm now noticing this trend. I'm noticing this pattern when this shows up, I'm noticing that maybe it's because of this, you know, maybe it's that I am stressed with school. I'm stressed in relationships or, oh, you know what? I hadn't, I realized I haven't been reaching out to people. And so I feel feeling less connected. Oh, it's these behaviors keep showing up every time the news talks about the pandemic getting worse again, things like this. And that's where I feel like that spiral is really helpful because you're right. You're not going backwards. We're not back to square one. It's just part of your journey. And I'll share with them parts of my journey. You know, I, I remember that like, you know, I was in treatment and, and then I I thought like treatment and like the work for recovery was going to be the hard stuff and that life would be easy. (laughs) I'm like, I can just get into life. 
I'm going to be good. And, and, and the joke was I got into life. And then life hit me like a truck. <laughs> so many things kept happening. I mean, I literally, my car got hit. So that was like one of the first things was oh like my gosh. a car crash that wasn't my fault, but totaled my car. Yeah. And multiple things after that, I've broken my back. I had a rare illness that had to have brain surgery. So many things on top of each other, <sighs> you know, lost jobs, lost apartments, mattresses getting stolen, like things that just happen in life. And it's like, Oh, and by the way, you still got to do a recovery, like, you know, and it's like, oh, like wow. life is challenging. Life doesn't actually calm down. It's like, how do you do life and do your recovery? Well, I think of it like, you know, life doesn't really calm down, but you're able to handle it a little more without hating yourself through it. Like I intuitively knew how to handle something because I wasn't starving myself and I could use my brain. I could hear this little small voice within because I wasn't stuffing it down with a frozen cake. So it just was a whole other experience. And I tell my clients that, you know, you didn't get recovery until you were 40. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that you missed while you had this eating disorder because you just smashed everything down. So it's not going to all pop up at one time, but it's going to be wonderful, but it's going to be real. It's going to get real. And you can handle it. And I'm here. And there's a lot of other people just like me. We're all here. Books work. Podcasts work. Going to therapy works. Going to a workshop works. It works. All of this works. Yeah. You know, staying away from the disordered eating behaviors might not solve these life problems you run into. Exactly. But engaging in the disordered behaviors is definitely going to make them worse. Right. Yeah. And that's something that um, I share a lot and clients are like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like it's so true. It might feel numb. It might be that temporary release, but it's definitely going to add to the stress very quickly. Yes. I can remember probably towards the end of my eating disorder, right before I got this recovery of not doing this anymore as much. But I remember looking at like the 10th cookie I was going to eat and going, what do I want this cookie to do for me that the nine other ones didn't do? (laughs) (laughs) Such a good question. (laughs) I was sort of like, I feel like I want to go into a coma. I want to stop. I don't want to feel anything. Oh, then that's a whole different thing, you know, and this cookie is not going to do that for me. You know, it's just not. So it was sort of like, how do I take care of myself on a different level? And cookies are great. I can eat cookies. It doesn't matter. It's not the cookie. It's not about the cookie. It's about what am I really trying to do? If I want a hug, it's not, I'm never going to get it from that. No, otherwise it's a pretty magical cookie, but yeah, um, no, I mean, if I want my life to change, it's not going to do that for me. Or even if I want my life to stay exactly the same, it's not going to do that for me. So I was given way too much power to the cookie or to the scale or to the whatever it is that I was using in that time. Exactly. Yeah. And you going through all of that that you're talking about and then a rare disease on top of it, it's sort of like. Really? This is what I'm doing? (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, I think it's very funny that it kind of makes you realize, especially like, it's funny when we think about like control too, if we're in some ways, if we're trying to hold on so tight, if that's what the eating disorder is at some points for some people, you know, and then you really realize there's so much in life that is completely out of your control. Out of your hands. 
totally out of your hands. And if anything, I like the pandemic has now really shown us, right? Exactly. We can do parts in each day to make decisions. But the bigger things are even within that, it's make decisions, right? Like I have a dog, you know, and so taking him for walks, caring for him, you know, making sure today that we get up at a certain time so that we both his energy's out. So I'm not stressed for sessions and meetings. Like that's a choice that I'm like taking care of. And there's certain levels of control we have, but you know, there's also days where it decides to rain and it's a disaster (laughs) if we go outside. So I make choices in my day, but then something like that happens and it's out of my control. That's right. And I have to be, find a way to be flexible and less rigid around that and different lessons in that way. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm... When you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed. Storygram Network. What you're talking about is adapting to what is, to being in the moment of it is what it is and that radical acceptance of this is what it is right now. Now, I might be able to move around and see how I can not really change that, but at least work within that structure. But if I'm drinking all night, I'll never be able to cope with that in the morning, you know, or if I'm I'm losing myself on, you know, in an eating disorder on social media or something, I don't get that time back. I have to have these sort of moments where I bring all of my attention into this moment so I can know what to do next. Yeah. And that was the, like with the body image and body tolerance and acceptance and shifting away from body hatred. I feel like that as well with the spiral in some ways helped too, was noticing that like, this one might be harder to get, but like there was a moment in my journey where I'll never get this. There was one summer where I was really working actively on recovery. It was like, it was my full-time job. I'll eat your food, don't <laughs> respond and don't do anything about the body. Right. I mean, it yeah. felt, I just felt like my brain hurt all summer by how hard I was working. I visited my grandmother, I think at the start of that and she'd hurt her hip or something. So I had to go and I helped her and she was supposed to use a walker to go to the bathroom and love my Grammy. Um, she's very stubborn though. And so I'm not using this and I'm like, you have to, or I'm walking in with you. And she's like, fine, you can walk in with me. So I had to help pull her pants down and pull them back up. And there's something different when you see an 85 year old's butt, like it just doesn't look like a 20 something year old's butt. (laughs) And I didn't think that much of it at that time. But then when I was back home doing this like active recovery work, I had this moment of realizing I'm working so hard to tolerate and hopefully someday accept this body and stop this body hatred I have. But I'm doing it for this body right now at 20. I was my 20 something. And I was like, oh my gosh, this body is not going to be the body I have. (laughs) Not even just at like 80 something, but it's not even going to be the body I have at like 50. No. And so there was this moment of going, what if I finally, what if I magically am able to tolerate and accept it now? That is going to change. Am I going to have to do this level of work every few years? Is it going to feel this hard? And it made me think I have to find a different way around this acceptance of the body that I'm thinking about it right now. 
it has to be bigger than the physical, like these thighs I'm looking at right now are okay because of how they look right now. And I didn't know what that looked like, but it was different than how I had been thinking about the work that was in front of me. And I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not saying like that solved the problem, but it shifted this understanding of like finding an acceptance for a thing that is actually going to be changing my entire life. Right. And it has to, or you can't live. You can't be here because this is what happens. Yeah. And it's interesting, but one way, and this is like, I feel like this spiral is a really slow, wide spiral, even different than the relationship with food one. And part of it has just been time. And there's periods where like thinking there's no way I can tolerate this body. Like I'm being asked to just try to do it for like a year. Can we just do this for a year? And it's only by going back through journal entries and looking and, and now living experience and looking back over years and going, wow, I remember like walking onto campus and thinking and having a, almost a panic attack and running into the bathroom and thinking, I can't, there's no way I can focus in class in this body. And then going home and looking at journals from like a year before and reminding myself, I didn't think I could do that in this body. And somehow I was pushing through. And even if I wasn't t- wanted to take up behaviors to change the body, okay, but you've done that before, it didn't work. And this time you're on campus and you're going to school, this thing you really want. So you didn't think you could tolerate that body back then, but you did it for a little bit. So try it again. What can you focus on? And so the spiral feels a lot bigger. It's a lot harder with the body piece and lots of invitations along the way to take up behaviors to change the body. But for me, I think this other piece that really helped with that along the way was I journaled extensively. And so when those moments in life where the body would feel intolerable, when it would change again, I would go back to old journals that I had where I'd lived those periods again, those flare-ups of really bad body moments and look through them and be able to remember like how bad it was. And then remember myself in that moment, writing it. And then sometimes it had like a multi-layered experience. Like I'd read a couple and I remember the last time I read that one and okay, you did it then. Okay. Now you can do it again, but you never thought you could. Now look where you are now. Okay. Maybe you can do this again. Sometimes it was white knuckling it, but again, it felt like this layer and this spiral in a very long spiral. Yes, no, I totally get it. And what I love about that whole thing that you were just talking about is your self-coaching became so much different than the hatred voice, like the critical voice. You got a loving, kind coaching voice that said, wait, you've done this before. We've gotten through this before. And don't forget that all these other things are happening. You're going to school. You wanted to go to school. You know, so you've got another voice other than, no, you must stay a certain way all the time. And I didn't really know I would get that voice. I just thought I would have this whole other mean girl voice. And I just have to battle that every second of every day. But that wasn't true with the spiral I learned how to help myself. And of course, I had resources around me and people that, but sometimes they're not always with you at 3 a.m. So what I love about that is cultivating this part of us that's always been there, that wasn't able to talk when it was being drowned out by the culture that I lived in and the family I grew up in. And then in my own tapes that I put in, (laughs) you know, Yeah, And that 
when that could calm down, I could hear this other one that did tell me these things. And probably that's the part of you that was writing in your journal that you didn't even know you were cultivating. Yeah. I mean, I think I always tell clients, like if they can journal to themselves, it it has, for me, in my experience, and I have friends and colleagues who also are recovered and experienced this. I think many will say the journaling was just so helpful. Being able to go back and there's different types of journaling. Like some clients will share with me, they're afraid to journal. They're afraid it will. I think they're, they share is they're afraid it will amplify the eating disorder voice. And depending on where you are, I think in this process, yes, you can totally journal in a way where you are letting just the eating disorder, like take take center stage and take (laughs) over. And when that happens, or if you're concerned about that, like that's when I might kind of go back and forth with them over email. We'll do a bit of like email journal exchanges where I will help kind of like challenge the eating disorder voice in the journal. Kind of more curious, like, okay, so where are you in this, you know, and speak back to it. And after that, we can kind of start to like get their voice louder. Once we get that, then I think like training wheels off and they kind of like head off on their own. But many have then found that when they are able to do that and then they go back to their journals, they do find that that experience has been very helpful because they're reminded of things that they themselves have noticed and learned and can, like you said, building blocks, like build on their own knowledge and wisdom. Because I never think that I'm the expert, like that I have the answers. I think that like... I'm helping them on their journey, find their own answers. And so I don't want clients to come to me thinking like, you know, everything. It's like, no, I, I think that, that lies within you. Like, That's we're right. I tell my clients, you know, you're not going to get a lobotomy. You're just going to get recovery. So all of these thoughts are going to be here. And we have this huge filing cabinet in our head that will bring up stuff from when we were five years old or uh, 10 years old or 15 years old that will say, see, you're not perfect, see? And we can go, yeah, you know, I thought that then, but I don't think that anymore. Or I've gotten better about that. And I love what you said about your dog. You have a dog and you have to choose to get this dog's energy out so that you can have a quiet time to do your job. But then it rains and then (laughs) thunder, lightning, you know, (laughs) or the Internet goes out or, you know, whatever happens. And we have to kind of shift and change. And I think that's what I did not really, again, I did not really understand that when I stepped on the path. I thought, now I'll be happy. But I didn't realize that stuff would still happen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I did think, oh, I've gone back, but it'd be like, no, you didn't go back. You're forward. You just hit a stressor. You just hit a thing. And I have to do that with myself, too. I have to feed myself so I can do my job. You know, I have to feed my dog so he can be strong. I think of my body as my trusted friend now, and it needs a sleep and it needs water, it needs to rest, it needs to move around, it needs food. And I can do that. I can take that on. I can do it. Yeah. It's funny. I have some clients who ask, but if I always, when a stressor comes up and I always take back the behaviors, like, I wonder if that's a question people have here. Like, okay, so we don't want to like have shame. And I hear that there's permission to have behaviors. It's a spiral. It's not linear. But then what if I'm being too nice to myself? What if I never <laughs> shame myself? Yeah. Does that mean I'm always going to allow the behaviors? And how do I ever actually recover? 
And I love that question because that's definitely one I had and wrestled with because there is this balance, right? Like I absolutely don't want to jump on board and align with shame. Right. Um, I also don't want to give too much permission to the eating disorder at the same time. And I think so. My answer is always like, I think A, it's about timing. Like how long has this been going on? And let's check again, where's your knowledge and awareness of this? And how much work are you doing around noticing like your analogy of the cookies, right? Like, are you stopping and asking, what is this ninth cookie going to do that the other other nine didn't? Right. Like, Are people stopping and asking those questions or are they not? If they are, okay, good. Because at some point I think we're going to get the answers and take some different actions. This is still happening. And at some point those questions aren't being asked. That's where we have to kind of look more deeply at, well, why? And what is stopping those questions. But at some point, yes, I do think the decision to stop engaging in the behaviors does need to happen. I want to make sure people in the listen are going, okay, so we're just going to like always allow the behaviors because life can be stressful. It's like, no, at the same time, we're noticing that there's awareness and skills being developed along the way of this spiral. And I think that's what our good job gets to be as the clinicians, as long as along with the clients is helping them notice what they're learning along the way. And that even if there is a behavior, are you engaging in it like for a shorter duration? Are you noticing why you got pulled into it sooner than you did before? And how are you pulling yourself or course correcting from it afterwards faster? And like a spiral, right? Like it gets, it's the word wider, right? Like your spiral does get, I guess, wider, like the distance from it. So the this distance, the time between the behaviors will start to get further and farther apart. Yes, that's exactly right. So last Christmas, I overate, but that doesn't mean this Christmas I'm going to overeat. Last exactly. Christmas, I was stuck in a house that was really hot with a bunch of people I don't like. But this Christmas, I don't have to do anything like that, you know. And we get so black and white with eating disorders and we get, it's always going to be like this. It's never going to be okay. And I tell my clients, no, you're going to mostly live in the gray. These are not black and white issues. These are, huh, this is happening today, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. And how can you get yourself out of that? And that question, I have the same question. If I am nice to myself, I'll never try to do anything. I found that not to be true at all. I found that if I was nice to myself, I did more stuff. Easier for me to do stuff. But I didn't know that before. I thought I had been whipped into shape and I needed to whip myself into shape too. But that's a diet. That's not living. That's dieting all the time with my time, my energy, my friends, my food, my body. Everything was on a diet all the time or rebelling from the diet. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that what you said. And it does get wider. It's a lot more time from the last behavior until you figure out, wow, I haven't done that in a really long time. I've gone around the spiral lots of times. I can do it. It's okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So you have a little platform here. Do you want to like talk about anything that you're doing? You know, how do people get in touch with you to work with you? Are you doing a workshop or doing anything? Yeah. Well, so I'm in, like I said, I'm in private practice and, you know, thank you, COVID, still all telehealth. Um, <laughs> yeah. So seeing clients in um, anywhere in California. 
hopefully at some point getting back to some in person. I'm really interested in doing some like nature walk and talk sessions and maybe at some point in an office, but I really do miss the face to face, but um, do not miss face to face when we're wearing, wearing masks. So yeah. say la vie for that. I'm also a registered yoga teacher and mindful movement instructor. And so I am about to start a trying to decide between eight or 12 week, but um, yoga for eating disorder. Oh, wonderful. Uh, workshop or series. So that's something if people are interested in that, it'll be accessible. So for all bodies, and something I'm very passionate about, I used to teach in even sort of treatment programs. I come from a yoga and mindful movement background. I'm certified in NIA and as nice, well familiar with that as a dance movement based. And I'm also starting a um, eight week body liberation, like group slash support groups. That one's more like recovery, even sort of recovery oriented, but also there'll be readings and syllabus. And so for those people who kind of really like to understand more about what body liberation is, and you like having a group to talk around, you know, weight stigma, social justice issues, if you don't know what any of these mean, and you're interested, and don't just I struggle with undergoing like I hear body acceptance and I go, what, huh? How do we do that? How do we do that? This might be a group for you. It's, it's not heavy reading, you know, it's not like I'm going to give you a book to read every day, Yeah. Um, but there'll be a intention, a journal entry. We're bringing in like popular culture readings as well as books. So blogs, you know, YouTube's, maybe TikToks. And so that one I'm really excited about. So great. I love yeah. this. So we can get that on your website and we'll yes. put a little bio on your show today. And um, would you read this last part of the spiral card that today I will? Sure. So the last part of the spiral card for those reading along today, when I feel I have failed or feel like I am not making any progress, I will remember the spiral and all of the circles of growth that I have as a foundation beneath me. I will take my own hand and walk myself along my path. So beautiful. Isn't that sweet? We take ourselves by the hand. I am so, so grateful that you were on the show today. Really appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And just really take care of yourself. And I will too. You too. Thank (laughs) you. Be safe. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find me on all the social medias at It's Not About Food. And if you would like to get the show a week early and ad-free, you can become a member at Patreon. Search It's Not About Food podcast. Thanks so much.